you're going to listen to a podcast, do you like scary podcasts? What's your favorite scary podcast? Well, it better be Guide to the Unknown. Hello, welcome to Guide to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And it is the final episode of our Slashtober series. We're at the end of the month. We've been talking about slashers all month, and it's going to culminate today with a discussion of something that we're calling, I believe Will coined it, as Slash Trash. I would love to take credit for that term. I don't know that I certainly can. I I don't have a reference point for it being used elsewhere. Yeah. But it seems so obvious. Yes, it does. Doesn't it? But I haven't heard it before. I know. So therefore, you know what? Screw it. Yeah. I coined that term, it's owned by Guide to the Unknown. (laughs) So we'll start over with our intros. I'm Kristen, and this is my little brother, Will, the inventor of Slash Trash. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. All month long in our Slashtober shows, I feel like we have been riding the line of decency. (laughs) We've been talking about slasher history. We've been talking about some of the, the more respected slasher icons, but there's been this hanging, looming threat Loomis threat? Loomis threat all along because to me, what slashers really are, if you weigh out everything, uh, the entirety of the breadth of this subgenre of horror. Oh, yeah. If it's just a numbers game. Yeah. Purely a numbers game. Slashers are garbage. Yes. There are so many terrible, uh, intentionally terrible sometimes garbage slasher movies. Yep. And I remember as a kid going to Blockbuster and walking up and down the aisles, looking at the horror movies and seeing some of the titles that we're going to talk about here today. For sure. The Ice Cream Man. Yep. With Clint Howard, Ron Howard's brother, where he's holding out an ice cream cone and one of the the scoops of ice cream on that cone is a skull. Yep. Ginger Dead Man, Jack Frost. These are some of the, to me, towering monoliths of the slasher game, which I have avoided mm-hmm. my entire life. Yeah, I have to tell you, I actually don't love novelty slash trash. No, 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 no. It's not for me. Correct. It <laughs> is, oh, I don't think it's... Some people really enjoy it, even just ironically or yes. whatever. I don't enjoy it ironically or otherwise. No. If, if my particular viewing experience for this show is any indication, mm-hmm. what slash trash like this... What these movies are for is for the people who created them. Yeah. I think the people who make these movies get far more enjoyment out of them than any audience member. Although I also copied down some reviews from Amazon that indicate otherwise. Okay. Well, also, I would say in particular, the movie Jack Frost, I think, exemplifies that. Like, there's some stuff that happens in that that is purely like, it seems to me, people behind the scenes being like what if we did this and maybe it's like an inside joke that went too far i have shocking things to say to you william please proceed shocking things let me start then mm. okay here are the movies that i covered can, can we just start this sure. way so Kristen and i over on patreon at the beginning of the month we always do a live stream with our patrons on the Netherworld Warrior level. That's $4 or more a month. Anyway, we talk with everybody about what we're doing for the next month of shows. We pick the topics. We we chat about how we can tackle them. And so for this particular episode, I was throwing out names of terrible slashers I'm aware of. We were getting uh, feedback from people in the chat, slashers to cover. And then Kristen and I picked which movies we yep. cover 
almost the way that you used to pick uh, players for like mm-hmm, a team know. in gym class. Yeah, exactly. So we had our list of slashers and then I'd pick first, then Kristen would pick next, then I'd pick again. And so eventually Kristen and I each got saddled with really horrible movies. Yeah, that was going to happen no matter what. It was just a question of who's covering what. Yes. Um, oddly, I ended up getting primarily holiday themed movies. I realized Thanks Killing. Oh. Yeah. Which is a Thanksgiving movie right. where a turkey is the slasher. New Year's Evil, which is a New Year's Eve slasher movie. Jack Frost, mm-hmm. which is not a holiday, but it's winter, but, which know. is it's very associated with holidays. They use like uh, Silent Night. Right. The music scape in that movie is all holiday music. And Ginger Dead Man, which is really the only non-holiday one that I've got. Yeah. But in a in a genre that's largely defined by Black Christmas and Halloween, and even Friday the 13th, which isn't a holiday, but it's still a day. They're like a calendar day. Yes. It's something that everybody can understand and relate to. But yes. what if that day was scary? What if that nice day mm-hmm. was scary? That is the very bare essence of, of these right. this brand of slasher. Um, now, within this, these four movies that I've got, by the way, I'm going to spoil all of them. Mm-hmm. That's the point. We're here to spoil these because they're already spoiled. We're, right. we're talking about reviewing food made with rotten eggs. Um, uh, uh, thanks killing. Wait, wait, wait. It took me a second. Is that a thing or did you just say that off the top? I just said that. It's already spoiled. We're making food with rotten eggs because that food would be spoiled. Yes. Yeah. Wow. It's already, who cares? Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Um, Thanks Killing, New Year's Evil, Jack Frost, and The Ginger Dead Man. There's a spectrum here of things that I would call movies mm-hmm. to things that I would not call. Okay. Movies. So here's the shocking thing I have to say to you. <sighs> Jack Frost is up there. It's almost a movie. It's oh, like okay. It's like pretty much a movie. I've seen that one. It, it, there is one thing that Jack Frost has become really notorious for Mm -hmm. and it may not be what was originally intended um jack frost is about a killer snowman Uh, oh but it's there's so much more about to say it's really not just about a killer snowman exactly the word just here Mm -hmm. i mean come on let's give it a little more credit came out in 1997 pretty iconic vhs cover yes where it is a scary snowman face with big sharp icicle teeth yeah and instead of a carrot nose it's got a hole in its face like a skeletal nose there's also a holographic version at the store where it would be just a normal skeleton or no normal snowman and then if you kind of like turn it a little bit you mm-hmm. see that scary face that effect of taking a 2d image and being able to turn it back and forth to give it like a transition effect or a 3d effect is called lenticular design lenticular mm. lenses here's why i know i'm gonna jump ahead because of this five-star review on amazon from chachi <laughs> which is titled don't eat the yellow snow <laughs> i like chachi already here's what chachi had to say my grandpa invented lenticular design in the 1930s For those of you who don't know, lenticular is the technology used to give motion to normally two-dimensional images. Um, I've spent the majority of my adult life searching for anything and everything lenticular. That is what brought them to Jack Frost in the first place. Oh, my God. They have a collection of over 3,000 lenticular objects. That's sweet. That's also so many objects. It's so many objects because your grandpa invented right. it. Um, I Maybe I'll read more of this review later, but um, they do, re- in fact, review the movie, and it signs off with, um, 
<laughs> enjoy Jack Frost for what it is. A splendid little movie about a menacing snowman. Snowman. And laugh, laugh, laugh. Ha ha! I can only hope that Grandpa Len is looking down on me right now. Smiling. In their review of Jack Frost. Which is very surprisingly sad a surprise left hand turn it's a it's a it's a whiplash inducing emotional turn at the end i just hope chachi's all right chachi's okay they gave five stars to jack frost they really love their grandpa it's not looking good yeah but anyway wow so jack frost wow jack frost is shockingly uh, like a movie. Yeah. Um, it was written and directed by Michael Cooney, who is best known for writing the movie Identity. Oh, okay. With John Cusack. Okay. Which I know a lot of people um, uh, are negative about, but I always had a I sort of like appreciation of for it. it. Yeah. It feels like a, an X-Files yeah. episode turned into a movie yeah. or something like that. Um, Wikipedia lists this movie under a broader category of Jack Frost movies. Okay. Which includes the Santa Claus 3, the escape clause, where Martin Short plays Jack Frost yeah. against Tim Allen. No, I know. I watched that last year. So, what? Yeah. Why? I, I don't know. It was like on or something. That's not an excuse. <laughs> Actually, no, that's not true. We we, we deliberately watched all you the Santa Claus movies. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, Wikipedia has a broad scope <laughs> of, of that places this trashy slasher movie. Yeah. And with a family comedy family classics. Family fair. This is the film debut of Shannon Elizabeth. Yep. Best known for the American Pie movies. Um, here's the plot. There's a serial killer who is already named Jack Frost. I mean, it works perfectly. Mm-hmm. He terrorized, well, I guess he killed people, but then it was eventually the sheriff of a town called Snowmanton. Okay. Snow, sn- not Snowman Town, Snowmun. Yeah, M-O-N. see, this is what I'm saying. There are things that they just thought were funny back there. But I think they know that that's crap and they're leaning into it. I know. Right. Um, and so anyway, Jack Frost was caught by this little sheriff. Mm-hmm. He, this it, little sheriff. This little sheriff from his little town. <laughs> he kept threatening, I'll get back at you somehow. Um, he's uh, being driven to be executed, but the, he manages to get the best of the guards. There's a crash. They crash into a genetic research vehicle. Jack is melted uh, by the chemicals in that truck, and he, his melted body pours into the snow, mm-hmm. allowing him to come back to life as a snowman. Here's the shocking thing. They actually set up tension and dread in the movie because nobody knows that there's a killer snowman yeah, around. Right. But then, you know, somebody looks outside their window and there's a snowman looking into their house. Right. And they think nothing of it. But for us, it's actually kind of tense and, and weird. Yeah. Some of the kills are... Uh, not, I wouldn't call this creative, mm-hmm. but shockingly brutal, where um, the snowman puts a, a Christmas ornament in a woman's mouth and slams her face into a box of ornaments yeah. till all the glass is shattered into her head. Yikes. It's like a very brutal kill in a pretty goofy movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that it is most notoriously known for is a sexual assault kill mm-hmm. of Shannon Elizabeth in the shower. Um, where the snowman's carrot nose is not on his face. Right. But here's the thing. Some say, so take this with a grain of salt. There's a legend. Some say they just screwed up 
and his character couldn't be on his face because he's supposed to be bludgeoning oh, really? Shannon Elizabeth against the side of the wall. Oh, my God. And they realized what it looked like in editing. Right. So changed it some works. of the lines to make it yeah. play that way. It definitely plays that way yeah, in yeah, the final yeah. movie. I saw it. It definitely plays that way. Right. But it may not have been intended to be. Hmm. Uh, anyway, that's what the movie became known for. Yeah. What it do- is not known for, weirdly, is how they killed the snowman. Yeah, that's what I think of it. Yes, that's how being, everybody thinks yes. of it. Yes. No, the how you kill the snowman. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I thought the Shannon Elizabeth it's shower so death. Insane. I think those are the two things I think of. What do you know about the way they kill the snowman? I told you I've seen this. They like squirt bananas at him. No, 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 no. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, they do, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> Kristen, William, don't they? Kristen, you fool! Don't they? You're thinking of Jack Frost Two: Revenge of the Mutant Killer. Oh, snowman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, where his weakness is, yes, bananas. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my God. <laughs> We're really like in the in the in the gutter in this episode. Yeah. It does happen. Right. It's hard to it's hard to it's it's hard to even get it back on the rails once you get to his weaknesses, bananas. What is in the first one? In the first one, it's antifreeze. Oh, okay, that but, makes more sense. But the way that they discover it's antifreeze is the sheriff's kid put antifreeze in food for his dad. Oh, so that the dad wouldn't get cold. Out there as a sheriff. Sheriff. Nobody really acknowledges oh. the kid almost poisoned his father. Yeah, to that's death. how a lot of like Munchausen by proxy uh-huh. people um, make their loved ones sick. Yeah, is putting antifreeze in stuff because it doesn't really have that much of a taste. It just kind of tastes vaguely sweet. Why do you know this? <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> you like attention. <laughs> <laughs> so, Everybody feels so bad for me. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. <laughs> I have Munchausen's. No, 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 no. Let me finish. By proxy. By proxy. I'm fine. By proxy. Don't <laughs> worry. That's a really dark joke. Dark it's joke. by proxy. It's fine. So I'm okay. I'm okay. Don't worry I'm about okay. me. But my loved ones. Yeah. Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> you can imagine how hard it is on me. <laughs> <laughs> the darkest. I have to take so much care of. It's that. like the darkest possible joke. <laughs> that might be one of the darkest jokes we've had on the show. Yeah, probably. that's like a real life horrible thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. We, and we're laughing at it. Yeah, yeah. Well, pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. Pretty good. So anyway, there's a sequel. It is Halloween. They <laughs> sure it's Mischief Night as well <laughs> as we're re- releasing right. this, so we may as well cause some mischief. Uh, there is a sequel. They melt the snowman in one. He reconstitutes in two. However. Yeah. The 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 DNA of the sheriff from one got mixed in the snowman goo. So now the snowman has a psychic link to the sheriff. They go on vacation to a tropical environment. Uh-huh. Um, and because they're linked, they realize, well, the sheriff is allergic to bananas. So presumably okay. so is the snowman. So it ends with the sheriff firing an arrow with a banana on it mm. at the snowman ironically and i'm only just realizing this this is also your weakness yes it is so if you want to defeat Kristen, Kristen, no, don't Kristen hates bananas so if you want to defeat Kristen, if she's bothering you arrow with a banana on the end she's gone i think the that snowman is true i'm pretty sure the snowman explodes from that i think he does i mean my friend rosie and i watched both of these movies i remember we were, <sighs> we're like what the hell is happening good god a proposed third movie that is not happening uh, would feature uh, Jack Frost, the snowman, as a giant Godzilla mm. snowman. Thankfully, we won't have to worry about okay. that. Now, there aren't enough bananas in the world. Again, I watched this movie. 
I was expecting it to be as bad as some of the other films I watched. I don't want to say I was pleasantly surprised, but I... Sounds like you were pleasantly surprised. Certainly by comparison, this thing came out smelling like roses for me. (laughs) I watched Ginger Dead Man and Thanks Killing. Yeah, right. So this thing was like a work of art. Yeah. uh, By that point for me. I get Um, that. It still wasn't... great or even let's say it was good good. it was good not great you know it was watchable okay it was certainly watchable and i could see them trying to do things Mm -hmm. which i can't say very much of some of the other movies yeah um so here are some more of those five star reviews uh so this is again chachi Okay, Just to give you some idea of what Chachi actually thought about the movie. Jack Frost is a killer snowman. Actually, he's a reanimated serial killer, but it's all about the laughs. You can't help but let out a wonderful belly laugh when the maniacal Jack goes on one of his killing sprees. I mean, snowmen don't even have arms. How hard could it be to escape his grasp, huh? Well, they do have arms if you put the sticks in there. They do. He might mean hands. Yeah. He sort of has like mitten-like hands. Yeah. Uh, Do me a favor and forget about the inconsistencies in this movie. Forget about the silly premise of a killer snowman. Forget about the weak writing and atrocious acting. (laughs) Enjoy Jack Frost for what it is. A splendid little movie about a menacing snowman. And laugh, laugh, laugh. I can only hope Grandpa Len is looking down on me right now, smiling. (sighs) I can only hope that too. That's, that's all, all I we can, can say. hope. Yeah, that's. I hope that <laughs> our last hope. I hope that as well. Our last hope in twenty twenty is that Grandpa <laughs> Len is smiling down at Chachi. I hope somebody's having a nice year. Me too. Um, so that's Ginger. Oh no, no, no. That's the yeah. the Jack Frost. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to trade? Do you want to do one of yours? Sure, yeah. sure. We can do that. We'll take a break from thinking about these for a moment. I have to also say the yeah. four movies that I watched. Mm-hmm. I watched four movies. I've continually had to double check what they were. Yeah, I, I understand can't keep that. Them straight. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. It's ridiculous. All right, the first one that I'm going to talk about is The Ice Cream Man. Oh. So this is the one that you mentioned earlier. It's starring Clint Howard. You may know about it from your local blockbuster. A picture of Clint Howard in a little like paper ice cream man hat holding out a giant cone with a skeleton in it. So you did remember this, right? Like yes. you Yes. This was one of those like VHS covers that stood out in your memory too. For, the ones you listed off the top are my iconic VHS covers. It's like Ginger Dead Man, The Ice Cream Man, Jack Frost. Um, I don't know what else. But I, yeah. for me, the Frighteners. I always looked at the cover of the Frighteners. Which... I would look at that too, but I as far as like the crappy yeah, movies. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, those three in particular really stand out for me. Yeah. Um so you can find this for free on Tubi to watch. I thought that I would mention that. And it was made in 1994 and went direct to video. The budget for this was $2 million. Wow. That's a lot yeah, that is for a what lot. this is. I was shocked to learn that. The tagline for this movie is, I scream, you scream, we all scream for the... And then it says Ice Cream, ice cream man. man. I think it's weird, though, to have we all scream for the... Yeah, yeah. And then it's called The Ice Cream Man. So we all scream for the The Ice Cream Man. Oh, yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. It would have to be we all scream for... Dot, dot, dot. The, the ice, ice Cream, cream man. man. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong now. Could it just be Ice Cream Man? They might have simplified it, like, depending on how the tagline was written in different places. Yeah, that's you true. Know? Hang on. I'm looking up the cover of The Ice Cream Man real quick, because I feel I need to know. Okay. We must know. I have to know. Okay, the ice cream man. For the record, I'd be fine without knowing. <laughs> no, I need to. <laughs> okay, it is just ice cream man. 
shame on me, egg on oh. my face, ice cream on my face. I wrote it the wrong way. Oh in my, my God, notes. this is embarrassing. I'm humiliated. Yeah. So let me tell you about the plot of this movie. The pause that there's a dude named Gregory who has an ice cream business that he took over from his local ice cream man who was killed in front of Gregory years ago in a drive-by shooting. Oh, God. I know. It's kind of traumatic yeah. stuff about this movie. That man went by the ice cream king, so Gregory calls himself the ice cream prince. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he loves the ice cream man. Okay. This guy's all about Is him. Is he childlike? He, uh, no, but he it probably has like a little bit of suspended or arrested development because he had to go to um, a mental institution mm. for a while after the trauma of seeing that. Um, but he didn't come out better, and I'll tell uh. you about it. So this guy, this Gregory, this is not my kind of guy. He puts bugs and body parts into his ice cream, using the parlor as kind of a gross lab. He worships the ice cream king and visits his grave regularly. Kids start going missing, and only the other local neighborhood kids suspect Gregory, but they can't convince grown-ups and cops of the deal. They eventually convince them when detectives investigate the mental institution Gregory stayed in at one point, and they see that it's abusive and awful. So they think, hmm, maybe something could be up with this guy, and they go to investigate. But Gregory, the ice cream prince, is able to outsmart them, and it seems like he could get away with everything, until one of the kids he kidnapped, Small Paul holds a picture of the ice cream king over his face and lures Gregory into the ice cream mixer where the giant blades slice and dice him. But it's not over. Not really. Small Paul is now obsessed. We end with him in a dark room churning a bucket of ice cream with an evil look on his face. Oh, so he might be the ice cream knave. Right. Oh, wow. Well, he's got to be less than a That's right. Prince. Yeah, that's the knave. I forgot knave was a word. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of the trailer of this focuses on the, I think it's called the Wishing Well Mental Institution that Gregory, Gregory Slash, the ice cream prince, was staying at. And it's a hot mess. It's not good. They're injecting with stuff. They're laughing. It's like that kind of like right. maniacal, the people who are running this isn't sane sort of thing. And it's like a comedy horror, which a lot of these are. It has a real cult following for being unintentionally funny. Yeah. And I thought this was interesting. There's a fact on the IMDb trivia that um, harkens back to something else that we've talked about with Gene Siskel. Oh, wait, no, no, this is wrong. I'm talking, it's the wrong thing. Hold on. Nope, that's the next movie. This is what the trivia is for the ice cream man. Little cliffhanger that Gene Siskel does something to somebody what in one of Gene these Siskel movies. What did Gene Siskel do? What the hell did he do? Imagine. Um, so the scenes at the sanitarium were shot in an actual abandoned sanitarium in Pasadena, California. Moreover, the satanic drawings and graffiti were already on the walls Whoa. of the abandoned sanitarium when they went to film there. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's scary. I know. That's very scary. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Which do you want to hear about? Thanks Killing, New Year's Evil, or Ginger Dead Man? Thanks Killing. Thanks Killing. Mm -hmm. All right. I would love to. Great. Uh Thanks Killing is not even maybe. Thanks Killing is the worst of them all. Yeah, you and I tried to watch this years ago and we couldn't stand it. We turned it off. We turned this off within minutes. Mm -hmm. And boy, it was I watched the whole thing. Yeah. I saw it all. Hard. Probably saw too much. Hard it's, stuff. It's very hard yeah. to watch. Came out in 2008, which I found shocking alone. Mm. I, I really would have assumed like Older. 90s. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's clearly, like a trauma movie. 
No. Okay. No. It's uh, I th- is this the one that's made by um? There's one of the production companies for these films is is like, you know, called like High Art Productions or something uh-huh. like that. And it was just like the irony. One of mine was made by them too. Yeah, yeah. I, that wasn't the name. Yeah, it's it was yeah. something like that though. Yeah, yeah. But so this was it, it clearly meant to be a, a comedy. Yeah, a comedy horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, the it, the entire film just is dripping with sleaze. Drippings. Drippings. Turkey drippings. All the drippings. Yeah. All Make the, sure you get all the drippings. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to have some uh, turkey with all the droppings. Um, it's just a disgusting. Mm-hmm disgusting unpleasant movie um the opening shot is a topless pilgrim not the face i've never seen the opening shot of a movie be a boob huh ever yeah ever in my life and it instantly set me against this movie and i was rooting against the people who made it (laughs) within seconds i feel like i watched something kind of recently where the opening shot was a boob it wasn't the opening shot. It was close to the opening shot of um, Fatal Attraction. No, no, oh, no, not really? Fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction. Basic Instinct. Basic Instinct. Well, Basic yeah. Instinct is... Whoa. Yeah, Basic Instinct is like Celebration, the movie. Oh, it totally is, which I knew. Uh-huh. But like Celebration Y2K. Yes. Everybody is celebrating. Like nobody's best. And the beginning is a major celebration. It's a really flaily celebration. Have you yes. seen Basic oh, Instinct? Oh, yes. Yes. Whoa. That movie good, is though. insane. Yeah. It was yeah. good, though. But no, literally the first yeah. shot mm-hmm. of Thanksgiving. Um, and it takes place in the past. This is a pilgrim shortly after the first Thanksgiving. Turkey chases her down and kills her. And then the movie starts. Mm-hmm. And I wished it was over. <laughs> um, turkey is named Turkey. Okay. T-U-R-K-I-E. It's okay. very funny. That's hilarious. It is a puppet. It is poorly puppeteered. Mm-hmm. Uh, the voice acting is bad. Yeah. And that's what this has to be. Yes. That's all this has to be. Yeah. Is a fun puppet turkey where the Do voice and the more? puppet seem like they're connected. And they just don't. This entire movie is horrible. And filled with puns, <laughs> gross, and sleazy, and unbearable. Sounds like it. Um, Was it long? Yes, it felt very long. Ugh. It um uh the it the film quality, and this is, nece- this is not necessarily their fault, but it has that vibe of like your friend's camcorder. Uh huh. You know, like it's just like, oh my god, and like all the characters are brutal exaggerations. Where like the dork is clear is constantly wiping his mouth because he like drools. Oh, he's so dorky that he like can't even hold his drool in yeah, his mouth. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know what's going on. Um, it is. It is. It's awful. It sounds like it's it. absolutely awful. Um, at one point, they shoot the turkey and he's killed, and they won. Except he fell into a pile of radioactive waste. So he's back. Why are the turkeys killing everybody? There was a curse. There was a curse after okay. the first Thanksgiving. Okay, and that's I get that. What brought turkey back. Although I should point out, turkey died for some unknown reason mm. after he killed that pilgrim in the opening. So it's cut. just the one turkey. The one turkey. Okay. For some reason, I thought there were like multiple turkeys. Nope, just I guess one turkey. They travel in packs often. <laughs> Do they? I think so. <laughs> I tend to think so. A pack of turkeys. <laughs> Careful, everyone. Get inside. I had a mental image of a whole bunch of turkeys like running at the camera. No. No, there's no running to be found in this yeah. movie. It's well, you know, like close-up yeah. shots of a puppet with a yeah. hand in its face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 
It sounds awful. It's really bad. Yeah. Um, I don't even want to quote it. Like it's un- it's unquotable, mm-hmm. which is also a weird quality for a movie like this to have. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Turkey killed that pilgrim lady in the first f- few minutes. And then, I guess, died. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how. But in the modern era, he's revived because a dog pees on his body. Okay. And that brings him back to life. Yeah. I guess. I'm not sure. Okay. But, I mean, it um, sounds like it. He's finally put down um, by somebody spraying an aerosol can through a match. Okay. So they, like, burn him to death. And then now to he's a- To a crisp. Correct. Now he's a cooked turkey. Right. And somebody takes a bite out of him. And then they cut to a car, a cooked turkey, not the puppet, is right, what I'm saying, right. like the cooked body of turkey, and it's just a normal cooked turkey. Yeah. And the voiceover comes in and goes, do I smell a sequel, biatch? And how? that cuts to credits, and that's it. <laughs> that's just how the movie ends. I don't think so. Evidently, we did smell sequel. There is a sequel. It's called Thanksgiving 3. They skipped Thanksgiving 2, and that's the entire joke. Yep. The plot of this movie seemingly, I only re- watched the trailer for this one, seemingly revolves around Turkey, who's back, mm-hmm. trying to find the last remaining copy of Thanksgiving 2. They've all been destroyed. Okay. Watching the trailer, it's now it seems like thing. now it seems like 90% of what happens in the movie is puppets. Yeah. They had way more of a budget. Uh, they were on Kickstarter. They got a successful uh, Kickstarter. Wow. wow. There's one joke in the trailer. So between watching Thanksgiving and now the trailer for Thanksgiving 2, mm-hmm. there's a single joke that I found to almost be clever, and it's in the trailer for two. Okay. Turkey has a chainsaw. They zoom in on him, and he goes, gravy, which is a play oh, on okay. Ash from Evil Dead with his chainsaw, and he goes, groovy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the voice actor for Turkey goes, gravy. <laughs> not- <laughs> They don't get it. Not like, <laughs> gravy. They don't- chew on it you know like ash chews the scenery if you're gonna make fun of somebody for chewing the scenery like you have to dial it up a little bit you have to act you have a movie about a killer turkey and there's no energy (laughs) in it i have all the tryptophan it's all the tryptophan you're absolutely right it's all the tryptophan too tired you're right here's a five-star review on amazon from the meat and potatoes of it all uh, this this the turkey. this blew my mind. I am only twenty minutes into this thing, and it's freaking hilarious. The music, and then in parentheses, they have they wrote Friday the Thirteenth slash Phantasm slash Halloween with a pinch of turkey gobble, haha. Which wow. is I don't that is not true. The music here was like weird, like boingy bad sitcom <laughs> music. The characters, the dialogue, hell, I'll be honest with you, I loved the opening credits. Uh, and the music kicks butt. Amazon.com, we have a winner here. I will return and give a full review without giving away the excitement to the first-time viewers. Killer demon-possessed turkey. haha! A must-have. The turkey attack noise song is great. I'll be back to follow this through. Dot, dot, dot. I'm back. Dot, dot, dot. Something stopped my my computer of my review from going through the first time. Oh, well. So in this, this must be a child in the middle of writing their review, they go, I got it. Oh, I'll be right back. Okay. I'm back now. Okay. I've never seen anything like it. Well, I have, because I've talked about it on the show at some point before, but I wrote a fan letter to Jonathan Taylor Thomas when I was a kid. That's right. Where I said, hang on, I have to go to the bathroom. Okay. I'm back. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was like really long. And then years later, right before we were about to move, I got a letter back from Jonathan Taylor Thomas. That was like a form letter. And it was like, thank you so much for writing to me. I'm um, filming I- Pinocchio right now and I'm having a great time. And I got a signed headshot from him. But by that time, like three years when you're a kid is kind of a long time. So I had genuinely forgotten at first. And yeah. I was like, where did this come from? This is so weird. And then I was like, oh my God, that's right. I wrote him a letter like years ago yeah. and he was such a huge star. It took that long to get through all his fan mail. He should have written, he should have signed his headshot. Jonathan Taylor, <laughs> be right back. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Thomas. Thomas. All right. So now this person is back. Turkey has more one-liners than Freddy Krueger and Hellraiser's pinhead. And he even has a little game with the ladies. That's right. He does actually. Yeah. He, he does. He surprises a lady. Yeah. We'll say. No, I figured. Uh, oh, and how can I possibly forget? Turkey is also a master of disguise. I didn't even remember what that was referring to. <laughs> this movie is corny, funny, disturbing, and at times very uh, awkward. Ha ha. If you watch this movie, this review will make a lot more sense. That's true. This is a kid. It could have had a better ending. They probably struggled <laughs> with the, the editing down process. Five stars. And here's a here's a short one from Luke. He's really boiled down the essence of what a movie needs. Huh. This movie has everything. Gratuitous nudity, check. Gratuitous violence, check. And a never-ending stream of hilarious puns, check and mate. <laughs> That's all you need. Five stars. <laughs> nudity, violence, and puns. That's what a movie is. Luke knows what he likes. He does. And he likes Thanksgiving. He's making a list of things yes. that he likes, checking it twice. Mm-hmm. Not unlike our friend Santa Claus. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Are you ready to hear about Silent Night, Deadly Night? I am. Okay, let's talk about it. It came out in 1984. The tagline is, you've made it through Christmas, now try and survive Halloween. So kind of, wait, nope. You've made it through Halloween. Okay. (laughs) That makes a lot more sense. (laughs) I was really puzzled by that one. A bit of a ghost is for just face situation there. Uh, Yeah. Nope. You've made it through Halloween. Now try and survive Christmas. It should have been, the tagline should have been, you've made it through Silent Night. Now try making your way through Deadly Night. Yeah. Missed opportunity. I know. Um, The movie was pulled from theaters after a week (laughs) from a combo of controversy over having a killer Santa Claus. People were very upset about this in 1984. Plus, awful reviews. Yeah. So I guess the company was just like, all right, screw it, whatever, we'll just pull it. Um, But it actually did really well in that week, making a big profit. And actually, it was released the same weekend as Nightmare on Elm Street and briefly outgrossed it. Wow, really? Yes. Silent Night, Deadly Night. So it was a Night, hit when it came out. For it to come out in 84 means that it was happening right in that that big slasher boom. Yeah, right at the end of it, because the slasher boom that we talked about earlier in Slashtober is technically 1978 to 1984. Oh, okay. Um, a Nightmare on Elm Street was like one of the last kind of slashers, and they came out literally the same weekend. So That's it's so like wild. the last part of it. Um, There are sequels to this movie, and there was a loose remake in 2012. Mm -hmm. So here is the plot of it. Billy Chapman has a lot of Santa Claus baggage. When he was a kid, his parents were murdered in front of him and his baby brother by a Santa Claus. And his grandfather told Billy to fear Santa on his deathbed. So his grandpa was like catatonic and then like looked at Billy 
and was like, fear him. <laughs> and said, like, <laughs> like, if you're naughty, he'll see you no matter what. Even if you think nobody saw you, Santa knows. That you is scary. Santa. That's completely scary. Yeah. Like, first of all, you're a little kid and you don't totally understand this stuff. You have to be with like a sick relative who's dying. Yeah. Already scary. They're not talking or anything. Then they wake up, talk right to you at something very terrifying. Yeah. I can see why he had this Santa baggage. Absolutely. Uh, so Santa isn't Billy's only problem. After his parents were murdered in front of him, he and his brother Ricky were sent to an orphanage and he's abused by a strict nun there. But luckily there is a nice nun there as well who kind of helps him out. But when Billy turns 18 and leaves the orphanage, he gets a job in a toy store, but he's haunted by intrusive visions of his parents' death. One night he has to dress up like Santa for the store and something snaps. He kills his co-workers and goes on a rampage through the town, killing people in his Santa outfit. The nice nun finds out what Billy's been doing and calls the police, worried that the orphanage will be next. He does, in fact, make his way there, where the police shoot him. But it might not be a silent night just yet. Billy's younger brother, Ricky, stares at the bad nun and says, Naughty. Mm. So, is Billy's brother Ricky the new Santa? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Correct. So, here is the Gene Siskel thing that I alluded to incorrectly earlier. This was from IMDb Trivia. To protest the film, critic Gene Siskel read out loud the names of the companies that owned distributor TriStar Pictures on his and Roger Ebert's television show, and then said, shame on you. He also called out the writer, director, and producer and said, you people have nothing to be proud of. That's so awesome. I know. So he had, in a written review of, I think think what the hell was it what movie was it maybe friday the 13th in a written review of that movie he did the same thing where he called out the parent companies of the owners of the movie theater and said like you people who are reading this should not support these companies because they put out trash wow he famously hated and roger ebert largely hated slashers and horror movies and every once in a while they gave one a good review yeah but they were not their thing i do think they were favorable to some later slashers they were I think mm-hmm. that they they may have positively reviewed Scream or I Scream Two. Don't remember, but I know that there are some that yeah. they were like these are kind of exceptions to the rule. Actually, this is good. Yeah, yeah. Halloween yeah. they liked, if I remember okay. correctly. They thought that that was like inventive and interesting. It's so funny, like slashers in and of themselves. I think I really enjoy the formula, mm-hmm. and they are formulaic. Yeah, but I I see the formula as being able to. Uh, be modified mm-hmm. in a number of ways. Like yeah. a lot of people have asked us to cover um, the Boy Meets World episode and then there was Sean mm-hmm. this month, which was a sort of slasher themed episode of Boy Meets World, um, which was obviously very kid friendly. Most yeah. slashers really go for gonzo violence, nudity, bloodshed, and as Luke pointed out, puns. Yes, of course. And in some of these, definitely in Leprechaun that I'll talk about later. And I'm trying to think, maybe it might have been the ice cream man. They added in more violence to right. appeal to a bigger audience because they had a little bit too much of a comedy horror vibe yeah. with what Warwick Davies and Clint Howard brought to them. Cause they read the script and they were like, let's like ham it up and make it goofy. Sure. And the studios felt like they needed to kind of like counterbalance that with more violence, which is so funny to me because I, I don't, I never saw violence as the key to a slasher. Weirdly. No, it's like, it's just kind of part of it for me. Uh-huh. It's just, 
kind of a given, but yeah. it's not like my. It's not the thing. It's not that, the draw for me. Yes, it's not the thing that makes them interesting. Yeah. What makes them interesting is is really simple. It's the idea of counting down. Mm-hmm. It's you're counting down until you're left with good against evil right and in many cases counting down a number of suspects until you're left with the people that must be the killer mm-hmm. in that very whodunit sort of way who's yeah. going to take off the ghost face mask right totally. that, that's fun and i i really yeah a million years ago we covered star wars mm-hmm. um star wars horror and i was uh talking about how and i think it's it's almost a cynical thought except i i kind of believe in it the idea of Star Wars as a platform for storytelling. Mm-hmm. You can tell uh, intergalactic adventure stories, but we saw that they had written novels about how stormtroopers became zombies or yeah. whatever. And I was saying that's because Star Wars needs to be everything. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely watch the slasher formula in a Star Wars thing, in yeah. a Marvel thing, where because be even if people aren't dying, mm-hmm. but if they are somehow being uh, indisposed. Yeah. One by one until say, you find a, out who's behind it all. The tension and one by oneness of it yes. is really fun to watch play out, even if you know that's kind of what's going on. Right. There are always spins on it, but like there's something kind of comforting about things that you know the broad strokes of. Yes, the best slashers to me are exactly that tension one by one. Yeah. It's a countdown mm-hmm. to ultimate good against ultimate evil. Right. It's all it has to be. Yeah. And all the movies that we're talking about here, I think, take the wrong lesson mm-hmm. of what a slasher is supposed to be. Yeah. Slashers can be incredibly successful just by being violent. But yeah. to me, that's not the appeal of these things. Me neither. Well, I'm going to do one more before you move on because one of them that I covered, it does sort of break form. And so I decided not to go into it super hardcore because... It's to talk about like anything about the plot is so spoilery because it has such weird elements that are like big twists and things like that, that I feel like people might want to see it because it's not slash trash in the traditional way that we're talking about these other things. Someone recommended we cover the movie Rubber in this episode while we were doing our Patreon live stream. And so I looked it up, but it seems like it's a good movie. Like a lot of people like it. So I felt like when I was writing this, like... I feel like listeners might want to watch this movie, so I kind of don't want to ruin it. So let me just interject this. Really? Before. Is it is it did you find yourself like intrigued by I didn't looking into it? Really? Okay. I was like, okay, I get that this is cool. Like I said, it's just not really my thing. This yeah. kind of stuff. Can I say one last thing about Silent Deadly Silent yeah. Night Deadly Night? Yeah. One of the things that I'm aware of about the Silent Night Deadly Night franchise is that the sequel. Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, mm-hmm. mostly uses footage from the original movie again. Oh my God, that's but so it is, funny. But it is home to the uh, iconic Garbage Day. Oh kill. my God, that's, what that's, that's Garbage from. Day? That's Ricky. Ugh. That's the little brother who's now grown up to be the the killer. That's amazing. And he, and he screams Garbage Day at somebody before he shoots him. It's a man holding a garbage can. Garbage Day. Again, mixing up these movies, they are inter- interchangeable in some ways. Yes. You saying that they reused footage reminded me, and I thought that it happened in Silent Night, Deadly Night, but it was actually in the Ice Cream Man. I forgot to say it. I noticed that in the trailer for Silent, or excuse me, the, the trailer for the Ice Cream Man, they show the exact same scene twice <laughs> in the trailer of somebody like jumping into the ice cream truck as it's driving away. It was the exact same scene. That's so stupid. I was like, how did this happen? This is so weird. <laughs> they needed to make the trailer exciting. It was so bizarre. Yeah. But so I just want to touch on the movie Rubber. Okay. Because like I said, I just kind of feel like, 
even though it came out 10 years ago, there was something inside me that said, Kristen, don't go all the way with this one. Okay. Let's just discuss it a little bit, but just in case people want to see it, because this is like a movie that debuted at Con, and um, some people really like it. It's like a cult hit and not in uh, an ironic way. Some people are like very into it. Okay. So... It was critically acclaimed. It's obviously inspired by Slash Trash, but it's not really trashy. It seems to be like more of a tribute to those kinds of movies. So like I said, this came out in 2010. And um, if you watch the movie, I read everything about it. I hadn't watched it. But you'll understand why I want to avoid spoilers altogether. It's structured in a unique way that I wouldn't really want to give away just in case somebody wants to watch it. It's not really being like, oh, I know that the leprechaun is going to die. It's like a little bit more involved than that. But the basic premise of Rubber is that it's about a tire abandoned in the desert named Robert that realizes it has psychic, uh, psychokinetic powers. He, the tire, starts destroying trash in the desert then small animals before setting his sights on humans literally a car tire it's literally a car tire in the desert in the trailer they show it kind of like shaking off dirt and the um the filmmaker said that wally that like Pixar i was about movie, to cite wally yes wally was an influence because it's something that's like semi semi inanimate that doesn't speak but it can still somehow convey feeling even in the trailer you can like see it like thinking but Wally has eyes obviously he does but you can still see the tire shakes a little bit sometimes and stuff like that you can still or like turn it's you can tell it's looking at something sure it it, I guess it's almost like the gag I say gag not in a pejorative Mm -hmm. way the 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 gimmick the thing here Mm -hmm. is how can we personify something that has zero human features yeah and and make it come to life. So yeah. maybe it's a feat of puppeteering and special effects and filmmaking. Yeah. yeah. But then it kills people one by one, right? Yes, it does. It makes people's heads explode. Um, yeah, it's a whole thing. But there's more to it than that. Again, check it out if that's interesting to you. Um, it's it's not a straightforward movie. At the end of this, I'm going to make you tell me what okay, the okay. thing is that, yes. that twists it up. Because I've got yeah. to know now. I know. Um, but in the in the meantime to let people go out there and Google rubber. Mm -hmm. What do you want to hear about next? New Year's Evil or Ginger Dead Man? I think we should do New Year's Evil because then we will have done um, Thanksgiving, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and then New Year's Evil. And it's like all those holidays chronologically in a row, which is satisfying. Okay. You know what else is almost satisfying? What? New Year's Evil. Ah. New Year's Evil is the most movie I got. Okay. It is is a, a movie film. It was made by people who were making a movie, not people who thought to themselves, how funny would it be if we had a turkey puppet? Right, right. <laughs> um, anyway, this, this movie, it came out in 1980, same year as Friday the 13th. And mm-hmm. I think it is abundantly clear because it is part of that sort of like beginning of the slasher boom. Yeah. That they knew movies of this type were going to be popular. Mm-hmm. They had seen Black Christmas, Texas Chainsaw, Halloween, what have you. But they didn't have the right formula. Mm. Like we've been observing slashers. And I think the way that this movie did slasher is really interesting to see an alternate history or like just somebody who didn't quite get it right. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. So it's about uh, – it takes place primarily in, in L.A. Uh, with a punk rock DJ named Diane Sullivan. Her stage name, Blaze. Nice. She's played by Roz Kelly, who uh, most famously played Pinky Tuscadero on mm. Happy Days. The ah. Fonz's uh, on and off girlfriend. Badass. Okay. 
She is hosting a New Year's Eve show. It is being broadcast both on television and on the radio. Um, there are live punk like bands us. playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Uh, there are live punk bands playing. Um, there's a, a the title track is New Year's Evil in this movie. As a matter of fact, it seems like this movie might be largely known for this title track hmm. or respected for the title track. Um, here are some of the lyrics of this song. It plays a million times in the movie, and I don't get really sick of it. Uh, shining like the light that hits the knife at the stroke of midnight. Quiet, but so but so bright. My heartbeat swells. But so bright. But so <laughs> quiet, but so bright. Okay. My heartbeat swells. Oh, can't tell you. I'm in a fever. Tell me, will it be a sweet New Year's Eve or do I fear a New Year's evil? Mm. And it's it's not a bad song. It's cool. Not a bad little uh, hair metally kind of tune. Nice. And uh, so she's taking phone calls from people in the the you know last few hours before the ball drops because people are voting for their favorite song of the year whatever Mm -hmm. and she gets a phone call from a person who does not reveal their identity and he's disguising his voice on this phone call and he this year is going to commit murder he says this is evil i'm interested in this movie the killer's name is evil okay 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 Blaze is inattentive to her son, um, who is, is trying to break great news to her. He got a job on a soap opera. He's going to mm-hmm. act, but she doesn't have time to listen to him because she's getting ready for a big show. Mm-hmm. She might have something of a busted marriage. Her her husband, Richard, is said to be like out at some bar or something like that. He, he's away. It just seems like it's not a tight family unit. Yeah. Her assistant um, is hyper stressed downstairs and gets killed by an unseen assailant with a switchblade knife in the shower. Evil. They do they do a real psycho gag where she, the assistant, is in her hotel room. She's going to take a shower and they do the psycho shot up at the, the shower head. There's no one in there. She thinks there might be someone in there. There's no one in there. Mm. She hears something in the hall. The door to her uh, hotel room is open. She looks around. There's no one around. She goes back into the bathroom. Now the killer jumps out of the shower and ah. grabs her and pulls her in. So they invert That's the shower cool. notion. Like they, they're they they're playing with yeah. expectations here because they know that we are expecting things because of a yeah. slasher. Here's where we start to really, really deviate. They show the killer. The killer is murdering people according to midnight in every time zone of the US. Ah. So he first kills somebody at nine o'clock oh. Pacific time because that is midnight on the East Coast. Right. Then he kills somebody at Central Time. Then he tries to kill somebody at Mountain Time. And the ultimate is that he's going to kill according to LA midnight, which is Blaze's yeah. uh, time period where we're spending uh, this movie. And he's already threatened that he's going to kill someone close to her. But it seems like maybe she is the target mm-hmm. herself. Who knows? Here's what I do know. The filmmakers who made this movie would have seen Michael Myers mm-hmm. with a mask on, Leatherface with a mask on, the anonymous caller in Black Christmas, all people who have a degree of anonymity. Mm-hmm. Even though we're calling the killer in Halloween Michael Myers, we don't see his face. There's something right. inhuman about him. Silent Night or no, uh, New Year's Evil. See, I can't keep these yeah, yeah. New Year's Evil does something that I actually tweeted about a while back as like, wouldn't it be fun to play with the convention here? We see his face. That's cool. We see his face 
from the beginning. I like it when you know who it is. When he is placing the phone call to Blaze, mm-hmm. he's in a, a a phone booth. Yeah. And you can see side profile. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, do I have to pay attention to his features and yeah. match him against it? No. He steps out of the phone booth and we just see his face. I like that. It's freaky because they're more just like a person yes. who's done this. You don't know who he is. Yeah. So he still has anonymity to us. Right. But he's not you know, he's hiding his identity for the, the the filmmakers are not hiding his identity. He still wears costumes. Yeah, he dresses up like a nurse for his East Coast kill. Mm-hmm. Um, he puts on a, a ridiculous uh, uh, mustache, okay. fake mustache for his uh, Central Time kill. And it's not until the end of the movie that he puts on a mask. He puts on this disgusting. This is like the icon that I knew this movie for. Mm-hmm. It is a mask. I've seen some people say that it is Bud Abbott. Okay. To me, it looks like um uh uh. Laurel from Laurel and Hardy. You mm-hmm. know how he makes that like yes, like that just that long jaw, that little smile, and his like little closed Weird. eyes, squinty eyes. It is like a grotesque caricature of just a man's face. Huh. And it's revealed at the end when he pulls off that mask. Uh, it's Diane's husband. Oh. And he hasn't been around. So who killed the assistant? Uh huh. And I start theorizing maybe the son is in on it with the dad. The son had been acting very strangely for most of the movie. Um, Richard is – he reveals his motive. He hates women. He hates Diane. He used to be an inmate in a sanitarium. He's got a buttload of mental problems, and Mm -hmm. he's sick of her putting work ahead of her family, which is a very frightening notion. He's very aggressive and and frightening, this guy. He seems truly deranged. The police manage to corner him on the roof – he quotes Hamlet okay. very theatrically okay. and jumps off the building to evade capture, dying. The movie ends with Blaze being put in an ambulance to be taken to safety, and the driver of the ambulance is in the Bud Abbott mask. Removing it, it's her son. He is following in his father's footsteps, and they drive off, and the credits roll to a sequel we never got. Thank, uh, Sounds pretty good. New Year's Evil did not do well. Yeah. At, at all, but yeah. I found there to actually be something of a twist, mm-hmm. a bunch of sort of like WTF right. type moments. Right. Um, it definitely was not playing the slasher game right, yeah. which might be why it didn't do well, but I almost respect it for doing something different right. at a time where everybody was doing mask on a killer. Right. Repeat. Repeat, repeat, repeat ad nauseum. That sounds pretty cool. Roger Ebert gave it one and a half stars, and he referred to it as an endangered species, a plain old-fashioned gory thriller. It's not very good. It is sometimes unpleasantly bloody. The plot is dumb. The twist at the end has been borrowed from hundreds, if not thousands, of other movies. But as thrillers go these days, New Year's Evil is a throwback to an older and simpler tradition, one that flourished way back in the dimly remembered past, before 1978. I can't tell if he's being sarcastic about we've had a glut of films or or whatever. Gene Siskel said it was a hideously ugly motion picture. Um, And then uh, over on Amazon, um, Walter... A verified purchaser last year wrote, uh, this will be a movie we will watch every year on New Year's Eve. And he wrote that in October 2019. So there's a chance he's already he's getting ready. He was getting ready and he, he'll do it again. Mm-hmm. So if you know Walter out there. My God. Careful because he it's almost time. Either go to his house or don't on the New Year's Eve, ticking. depending on how that sounded to you. Yeah, it's true. But I was I was I was very shocked. I, I kind of I kind of enjoyed New Year's Evil. That sounds pretty good to me, honestly. Yeah. Now, something also scary mm-hmm. is that we forgot to talk about ourselves. Oh, yeah. In the middle of the episode. That's right. 
you can go to gttupod.com to find all kinds of stuff we do, including our Patreon page. On Patreon, at the $4 or more level per month, if you decide to support us that way, you get some awesome bonuses. We have a bonus podcast that comes out on the 13th of every month called The Netherworld Dispatch that we have, let me see, I guess almost a year of episodes on. More than a year, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a whole other podcast that you can set up really easily to show up right in your podcast app alongside everything else you listen to. You can also join us for our Patreon live streaming session on the first Sunday of every month where with our patrons talking to them the entire time, getting their feedback, we plan out the next month of episodes. We're using our spreadsheet that we organize everything uh, with and sharing the screen with our patrons, getting ideas from them, telling them our ideas. And it's a really cool, fun, interactive thing. There's also a separate uh, Patreon Discord where only Netherworld Warriors, that's the $4 or more per month level, hang out and talk to each other every day. There are like a million different cool servers within it. I'm in there every day chatting with people. It's just, it's a really, really nice thing. We really, really appreciate your monetary support and we're really happy to give you some cool things back. So thank you so much to all of our patrons for making this show happen. Yeah. Thank you all so much. Uh, we really hope that you've been enjoying Slashtober mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, we've never done like a themed no. month of shows, but I honestly think it's kind of interesting from talking about like slashers in a fairly uh historical sense mm -hmm. at the beginning to now talking about some of the arguably lesser known lesser loved right movies of the genre i feel like we've covered a decent spread mm -hmm. of the of the slasher world yeah we've cut a pretty wide swath yeah through the slashers yeah it's pretty fun i yeah. i there's so much more we could talk about in slashers and i'm sure we will someday yeah uh but it's been a lot of fun so thank you for sticking with us on yeah this. and thank you so much to our patrons for helping support us thank you to everybody who leaves us leaves us five star reviews it means so much to, to us it really helps people find the show and want to listen into it because it's kind of like it's kind of like you guys are vouching for us as people who are interesting to listen to so thank you for doing that yeah and you know what i read some five-star reviews from amazon mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> for some of these terrible movies why don't i read a five-star review from uh the guide to the unknown apple podcasts this is from s game oh 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 i love gttu i found this podcast through jim harold Oh, Jim Harold's nice, campfire. Nice. He was absolutely correct. I love their sibling banter. The topics have great intrigue and comedic blend. This and some other podcasts have helped me survive the quarantine. Mm. Keep doing what you do. That's nice. Which is very nice. I've seen a lot of people saying that like they've, yeah. they've been like grinding through mm -hmm. the back catalog of Guide to the Unknown to pass the time or to help with moving or being locked down and yep. uh it means a lot there are certainly shows that i have that help me get by mm -hmm. and it's really nice to th imagine that this show can fill that void for for other people yeah which i like a lot absolutely so thank yeah. you guys so much go to gttupod.com to learn more about us yeah. also vote on tuesday oh yeah i yeah. mean definitely vote on tuesday definitely right yes should i you should definitely vote on tuesday do you think i should I absolutely think you should vote on Tuesday. So I should. Vote on Tuesday. Are you going to? I already voted. Oh, I was hoping you would just go, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> vote on Tuesday. And heck, I'm going to say it. Vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Yeah. Kamala. 
I hey, I, I want things to change. I yeah. love people talking about how Guide to the Unknown's getting them through quarantine. Yeah. Maybe we can get out of the quarantine. Yeah. You know that hey. other countries aren't like locked down? How about that? So I won't go on if you follow me on social media, <laughs> I've gone on before, but if we're saying vote, why be vague? Vote for Joe Biden and come I could have gone to LA and back a couple of times this year. I didn't. I know. Yeah. Same. Come on. Come on. All right. So now let's talk about goofy stuff. Yes. Let's talk about leprechaun. Leprechaun. That's how you pronounce it, right? Yeah, the leprechaun. Leprechaun. Um, so <laughs> leprechaun yeah. came out in 1993. Tagline, your luck just ran out. Good tagline. Pretty good tagline. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So I've seen Leprechaun like here and there. I've never sat and watched Leprechaun. I've always thought that I really don't want to watch it because I find his face gross. Yes. Um, I want to see it now front to back i have you uh, you you haven't seen i haven't sat and watched it and absorbed it all fully okay i've seen bits and pieces of it here and there but reading this this is bonkers and that first movie spends a lot of time on a tricycle yes it seems like he's on all manner of vehicles in this first movie and i'm interested so basically the plot of this is that all hell breaks loose after a guy named o'grady steals a pot of gold from a leprechaun who follows him home and murders his wife O'Grady uses a four-leaf clover to incapacitate the leprechaun and trap him, but he has a stroke before he can finish him off. Ten years later, uh, new people rent the O'Grady farmhouse, and someone described by Wikipedia as a dim-witted friend named Ozzie Jones frees the leprechaun when he cries like a baby to trick him, and stuff goes insane. I was so caught up, I wrote SH word goes insane. I wasn't Whoa, even thinking. Kristen. I know. Uh, Ozzy <laughs> follows a rainbow and finds a bag of 100 gold coins, which he and his friends stash away in a well, except for the one that Ozzy swallowed. Ozzy? Ozzy is dimwitted. The leprechaun wants all his coins back, and in the course of searching for them, he tricks people by imitating more noises, such as a cat. He bites people, stalks people using a tricycle and a go-kart, sets bear traps on people, and it's basically a whole scene. The kids finally give the leprechaun his gold back to stop the madness, but the leprechaun still wants his last coin, which is in Ozzy. The kids find O'Grady in a nursing home who tells them the only way to defeat the leprechaun is with a four-leaf clover. So they find one, stick it to a wad of gum, and shoot that into the leprechaun's mouth, which makes him melt. He falls into a well, but his skeleton climbs back out. So they blow up the well and the leprechaun. Or do they? He vows he will never rest until he gets every last piece of his gold. Yeah. And he seemingly Sounds never did rest. Pretty boss. It. Um, I remember the, the way that that describes the movie is far more exciting than the movie itself. Uh, in my memory. Okay. In All my right. memory. All right. That could be. Um, a little bit of trivia. This is Jennifer Aniston's first movie mm-hmm. she was ever in. Um, Francis from Pee Wee is in it. That's my bit of trivia. Oh, that's right. In the trailer, I thought it was interesting that they never show the leprechaun's face in full light. And that's what you call showmanship. Mm-hmm. Waiting for the movie. And um, the last thing I want to remark on is that President Dan, excuse me, Vice President Dan Quayle received a special thanks credit because his office sped up a working visa for British actor Warwick Davis. Really? I said Davies before, but Davis. Yes. Oh, thanks, Dan so he's in Quayle. the credits, which is very funny to me. It's very 90s to talk about Dan Quayle. I agree. Yeah. He couldn't spell potato, but could he, he could fast track the special visa for Warwick Davis. He was Davis? probably too exhausted to spell potato from trying to make sure Warwick Davis could get 
over here for leprechaun maybe yeah also the leprechaun only has a body count of four in the first movie is that right yeah which is kind of light yeah um that is uh one of the franchises that became real like sequel fever oh yeah leprechaun goes to space leprechaun goes to the hood twice about to say lep in the hood up to do no good (laughs) um ice tea Mm. i believe is in those movies um have you seen any of them no, you I've have, seen bits and pieces of like a bunch of them. Okay. I, I've never sat and watched a Leprechaun movie. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> to my, right, this is be our last one. This is right? our last the one. The Ginger Dead Man. This is it. The Ginger Dead Man from 2006. A lot of my stuff was late. Hmm. I've got most, like several of yeah, my movies are, like are from the 2000s. Heavy. Yeah. Huh. Which they just have that old feeling, yeah. you know? But I think they are decidedly of an era where... I guess maybe straight to video ability and mm. the the mindset of like like in the case of Thanksgiving in particular they were they got onto Netflix when Netflix was still about sh- shipping discs yeah stuff like that so oh I guess there was God. just freedom to does that mean we got Thanksgiving from my Netflix queue that's not impossible oh my Kristen. God like I I think that the the early, the two thousands might have been a dark era for yeah. for direct to video right like direct to video now is arguably movies mm-hmm. right like yeah. particularly with whatever disney's up to with streaming yeah but like direct-to-video in the 2000s gave us thanks killing right Ugh, amazon just reported today they didn't give the exact number but they said that tens of millions of people watched borat over the weekend wow that's big yeah that is big yeah borat is big Borat's big He's a big boy yeah <laughs> so uh ginger dead man uh gary Busey mm-hmm. stars oh my god that's right stars as serial killer Millard Findelmeyer. Okay. Millard Findelmeyer. The opening scene of the movie is Millard killing people in a bakery. Mm-hmm. He kills a man and his son and just other people. Yeah. I found this movie perplexing. I, I'm very puzzled <laughs> by the, the sequence of events here. Yeah. There's one relatively interesting thing that happens. Okay. The, the son... He's a young man. He's maybe in Is his, it Jake Busey? He's maybe in his 20s. No, Jake Busey I find very scary. Yes, he's really scary. He's an identity. Yeah, yeah. and the Frighteners. And the Frighteners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, so uh, at one point, Gary Busey's killing everybody with a gun. And uh, the the kid, the son, is trying to appeal to him and being like, we don't have any money. I can't, I can't give you anything, but take whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Just like, please put the gun down. And Gary Busey, listen- what an interesting person to play a serial killer. Yeah. He is like shifty and shaky. People do not who do not know, in 1988, Gary Busey was in a horrific motorcycle accident and there was a silver dollar-sized hole in his skull. He suffered intense brain injuries. Um, and it has resulted in him being really sort of like spontaneous and hard to predict. And uh, he just has a vibe about him now that's like very um, – <sighs> uh, hard to predict. I feel hard like this pre- is good. Hard to predict is definitely a good yeah. way to put it. So uh, him as a serial killer, I find actually kind of interesting. Yeah. As a human serial killer, I should say. Right. He puts the gun down on the counter and he goes, well, there's my gun. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and reach for it? Maybe you can stop me. Or just go for it. What's stopping you? Which is actually a, a frightening window to leave open. Like, yeah, I did put my gun down. Yeah. Go ahead and take By it. By all means. Why don't you and the kid happens? starts to mo- move forward. Gary Busey pulls a knife and yeah. stabs the kid to death for trying. I found that actually kind of scary. Yeah. The That kid's sister is that he's like, I smell a woman in here, which yeah. is disgusting. Yes. And she stands up and he shoots her and we smash cut to just a different place. 
And I was like, oh, he killed, oh, he, he goes like, the police. And he starts to leave. And then we smash cut to like the movie is now happening. That's, we're done with the opening scene. Okay. And it turns out we did a time cut that I didn't understand where Gary Busey's already been caught and executed. Oh. The girl that he shot survived. She and her mother now run the bakery and it's like the anniversary of her father and brother's death. Like I did not get this time jump at all. Yeah. Wikipedia filled in some of this for me. And sometimes the movie would just reference things that happened that I didn't see happen. She works there and it's late at night and she's working with a friend of hers. He's a guy that is way into wrestling and he is going to be called the Butcher Baker. That's his wrestler name. Does he fight the candlestick maker? You hate that. I <laughs> hate huh. that so much. But they get a shipment of gingerbread flour, and she's going to make gingerbread cookies. She has a gigantic mold, which is plainly made for this movie, where it's like a four-foot-tall gingerbread man cookie cutter. Yeah. Um, and she cooks the cookie, whatever. And t- here's what it turns out to be. Millard Findelmeyer, Gary Busey, he was arrested and executed. He was cremated. His mother, according to Wikipedia, is a witch who mixed his cremains, his ashes, with gingerbread cookie flour. Okay. Shipped it to the bakery. They do make gingerbread man cookies with it, particularly one giant one. And baking it brings Millard Findelmeyer back to life as a cookie. And he pops out. And like one of his first lines is something like, they're like, oh my God. Uh, uh, it's alive. And he goes, who'd you expect? Like, he says like, who'd you expect popping fresh? And it's a disgusting looking. <laughs> I've never seen such somebody make an ugly gingerbread man. It is so gross looking. I know. I, I've, yeah. The rest of the movie is thanks killing. Yeah. Right. It is close-ups of a puppet's face, <laughs> but at least this time it's Gary Busey talking. Right. There are at least three puns centered around Pillsbury Doughboy. Uh-huh. Killsbury Doughboy. Um, Burying? I, uh, maybe, Pils- maybe I'm going I, to Pillsbury I, I actually think his first line is, well, I ain't the Pillsbury Doughboy. Yeah. What did you say? Pop it fresh. Well, I ain't pop it fresh. It's the same thing. Who cares? That's that's his name. The Pillsbury Doughboy's name is Poppin' Fresh. <laughs> we should talk about lesser known monsters like Poppin' Fresh. What is he? He's dough? <laughs> He's How did he come back to life? I bet Poppin' Fresh has a Wikipedia. <laughs> I haven't thought about Poppin' Fresh. Poppin' Fresh, uh, that bear cuddles. What's his name? Oh, Snuggles? Snuggles. Or Snuggle. Snuggle? I, I don't know what his name is. Snuggle yeah. the bear? Yeah, those Charmin bears. Those Charmin bears? Why do they love pooping so much? They're so obsessed with it. Their whole life revolves around it. Anyway, the gingerbread man, ginger dead man, mm-hmm. is running around killing people. Most of the plot is about this girl. She falls in love with a bad boy. <laughs> Yeah. Her her her, her William, mom. Please. Okay, I'm trying. Her mom Spare reaches me. reaches out to the ginger dead man. For some reason, she like extends her hand toward him and he goes, How about you try the lady fingers? And he chops her finger off. <laughs> um, um good God. There's cookie puns. Oh my god. Cookie puns like whoa in this movie. Um all right. The 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 guy, so they're fighting the gingerbread man, the ginger dead man. <laughs> he keeps eluding capture. <laughs> and then at a certain point, oh, what happened to you? What just happened? What just happened to you? 
I drifted toward the microphone until I bonked it with my teeth. <laughs> and butted the mic stand. He keeps eluding capture. Is, it's such a funny thing to say about he keeps, the he, dead man. He keeps getting away with it. I can't believe it. That damn Millard Findelmeyer. Oh he God. takes to being a cookie so easily. He's all about it instantly. Presumably, he was put oh to death God. as a human without the knowledge that his mom would mix him with gingerbread flour. Right, right. But he pops out of that oven so ready to be a cookie. I can't believe it. <laughs> Made my head spin. So, Oh, my God. Okay. So finally, they keep getting killed by this. <laughs> until the, the the wrestler kid shows back up the butcher baker he manages to get the ginger dead man down on the floor he's got him on the ropes yeah right and then he finally of course you defeated him like you defeat any gingerbread man he bites Bite his head him? off yeah yeah he eats his head and blood shoots out of the cookie which doesn't no. make sense. I mean, it's well, not like know. it's not like child's play where he's gradually becoming human. They don't establish any of this. Yeah. yeah. Also, Chucky didn't want to be a doll at first. No. But Millard Findelmeyer, cookie. Yeah. Fine. fine. He's ready. So now oh my God. you think it's the end of the movie, but much like Thanks Killing, it's not. The movie keeps going. <laughs> now the dork, the wrestler kid, is possessed by Min- Millard Findelmeyer. Oh. He's got, I would argue, decent looking makeup to make him look scary. Mm-hmm. He looks like a part cookie part human okay which is weird okay but um uh it's almost like uh the the vampire effects on buffy mm-hmm. which is sort of like a, a forehead piece yeah. here's how they what do you think they do now their friend is possessed by a cookie how do you think it wraps up i mean i know it's not this i know it's not this okay dunk him in milk the man the yeah. guy yeah how like maybe they find need? like a carnival where there's a dunk tank and is that any less and they fill plausible? It with milk? Yes. I would I would almost argue this. One that's absurd, but we're talking about a cookie man. So sure, go absurd. Go absurd. Exactly. Here's what they do. They push their friend into the oven. Okay. Oh, okay. And they kill him. Okay. They don't save him I from guess being the greater good or whatever. Possessed, right? I guess, yeah. whatever. Uh, Gary Busey was paid $25,000 for this. Okay. And it uh, resulted in the following sequels. Ginger Dead Man 2, The Passion of the Crust. I already checked. It doesn't seem like they account for how he comes back. Okay. Ginger Dead Man 3, Saturday Night Cleaver. Um, uh, Here's how the Wikipedia entry starts, and I stopped reading after this sentence. At the Scientific Research Institute for the Study of Homicidal Baked Goods. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) That's the the first clause of the sentence, and I knew exactly what it was going to be. I get that. I get that. And then there was a crossover film in 2013, Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong. It turns out. Oh, I think I found, maybe during our Patreon, I found that or something. I think I saw stuff about the Evil Bong when we were looking up, um, yeah, movies like this on Patreon. Yeah, it turns out Evil Bong. Yeah. There are like four movies. What a pair. There are like four movies of this thing. The first one starred Tommy Chong. Yep, yep. Makes perfect sense of Cheech and Chong. Uh, Evil Bong is also a disgusting puppet. Okay. Um, And I watched the trailer for all these movies. Mm -hmm. That's all I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I watched every film that I was assigned for this episode mm-hmm. and then the trailers for their sequels and I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> 
Well, guess what? You're in luck. Yeah. We're not going to. We're, We're done. done. We're done. We're done. Thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> Thank you for hanging out with us for all of Slashtober or however much of it you have hung out with us for. As we said before, please go to gttupod.com where you can find our Facebook group to hang out with other people. You can find our merch store. And of course, go to patreon.com slash gttupod if you'd like to support the show for $4 or more per month and you get back a bonus episode, a live stream, and a really awesome Discord with a hundred some other people who support us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's a, it's super fun. Uh, thank you all so much for hanging out with us. Really mm-hmm. hope that you're enjoying Guide to the Unknown. Yeah. Um, and the the sort of mix of comedy and horror that we bring. Mm-hmm. It's been very fun this month, I yeah. think, talking about slashers. And thank I think my energy is held out exactly to this moment yes i cannot talk about evil bong yep i am done yeah happy halloween i love you all yeah have a too i love you a very safe halloween enjoy mischief night as this drops yes and then tomorrow i know that this is the least conventional halloween of all time but i hope that you find a way to inject some fun celebratory spookiness into Mm -hmm. halloween itself watch a scary movie none of these yeah if you have to watch any of these actually how about this can we wrap it up this way you are required to recommend at least one of the movies that you covered i'm prepared okay what would you recommend of your films to people out there leprechaun okay okay kristen recommends you watch leprechaun Mm -hmm. i'm gonna recommend you watch new year's evil Mm -hmm. i think that uh those two movies are certainly in the slash trash category yeah but they are a, a fun sort of levity yeah. to your Halloween proceedings. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so thank you all so much. We will definitely be back next week for more mm-hmm. uh, fun discussion from the world of horror. Yeah. Um, from a very scary place, oh. I dare say. Indeed, indeed. Mm-hmm. But until that time comes, make sure that you go to GTTUPod. Dot com. Find links to our Patreon. Um, find links to the, the Secret Society over on Facebook. Um, chat it up with other people. Leave us that review on Apple Podcasts that I know you've been writing this whole time. <laughs> you can even reach out to Kristen and myself. That's right. I'm at Chillin' Kristen. And I am at The Myth Traveler. So, we will see you next week, everybody. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld. Go we. Au revoir. Oh, bye bye. A bye bye. Flitting off now. Arguably, every time we do the next show, it's like a sequel to the previous show. That's true. So, what would our sequel sub tagline be? Huh. Like Ginger Dead Man Two, Passion of the Crust. Uh huh. Guide to the Unknown One Fifty Six. Uh, now you know. <laughs> <laughs>